G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, we like to take time to talk about what happens not only in the cities around Australia, but also what's happening in country towns. And as you know, there is religious instruction that happens in schools all over Australia. And in most states, it's called religious instruction. In New South Wales, they call it SRE, or Special Religious Education. I want to talk a little bit about that today, and with a guest who's coming from one of the country regions in New South Wales, around Grafton. Greg Holder is the chairman of the Clarence Valley Christian Education Board, or the Clarence Valley SRE. And Greg's joining us to talk through some of the challenges with SRE and with some of the problems that are happening in country towns in his region and therefore likely to be duplicated in country towns across the nation. Hello, Greg. Welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you. Uh, Greg, this push that you've got on to raise the profile of religious education in school, we're talking SRE, Special Religious Education, in your New South Wales context. What's the inspiration for you for raising the profile of this uh, RE? You know, Neil, it's it's a great question because you, you, you were right in saying it. Look, that nationally we do have uh, RI in the schools, but in New South Wales, we're so blessed to have a, um, a good input into both primary and secondary schools where we've got, in these primary schools, we've got voluntary teachers that go in um, and, uh, they've, of course, they're all cleared and checked and whatever. And then we have in the secondary schools, we have um, actually full-time SRE teachers, um, some working full-time, some working part-time, depending on the board and the board that I'm actually chairman of is responsible for fundraising through the communities to keep our teachers on the forefront of um, SRE in the schools. So, yeah, it's a, it's a much-needed thing, and um, we've been long-term involved with it um, nearly 30 years in the Clarence Valley now. Well, when we said we'd have this conversation today, one of the things we thought we would focus on was the idea of hope for the next generation, starting in the schools. And there are so many big challenges that young people are facing. And somehow or other, uh, over perhaps uh, decades or even a generation or two, there's been a push to take religious education, religious instruction out of schools. And that might be correlated to the way that things have just gotten more tough for kids facing all sorts of challenges in their community because they're not necessarily equipped to be able to face the realities. What are your thoughts about the local challenges that are going on? And you might like to reflect on your own community there around Grafton. What, what's the, what are the biggest things that young people are facing? Well, you know, Neil, um, particularly in, in rural New South Wales at the moment, look, there is a, there's a higher mortality rate through youth suicide than, than there's ever been. It's, it's nearly at epidemic proportions. And uh, it's happening right before our very eyes and the community is wondering what's going on and, and um, we know that Jesus is the hope of, of our young people and um, to keep 
a fresh hope before them. And oftentimes, so many of our young people are feeling so hopeless and so overwhelmed with the prospects that are before them. Sometimes it's school pressures, uh, peer pressures. Sometimes it's drug and alcohol-related uh, things. Uh, other times, it's just a sense of, of hopelessness and, and inability to cope uh, on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes it's the family breakdown. Look, we're dealing with all of these things on a mar- much larger and, and increasing scale on a daily basis. And really, Neil, it's so shocking every time that we get hit again with a, with a young person that's taken their life. And, and we know that, that, as I just said earlier in the interview, Jesus is the answer. But if we take that hope out of the schools and that information that, that should be there for the students then uh, I think we're doing a disservice to our next generation leaders. Greg, there you are in the Clarence Valley, around that region, around Grafton in New South Wales. And I know that the suicide rate amongst young people is very high in your region. Whenever you get word that there's another young person who has committed suicide, uh, how does that make you and therefore your wider committee on that uh, Clarence Valley uh, Christian Education Board, what sort of effect does that have on you and uh, on the motivation that you have to actually do uh, more and to push harder? You know, every time we hear it, it do, it's still like a knife that goes through each one of us because we think, what, is, what has happened for this young person to feel such a sense of um, disconnection, such a sense of aloneness, such a sense of of there's no other alternative and this is the best alternative that's available? And when we hear that, you know, I've got parents that are talking to me as a pastor in the local church here. Uh, I've got um, invited onto many boards and local public forums to speak into those situations. But the truth is, when when, uh, all hope is removed from a situation and we can only believe that, you know, that that counselling can only do a certain part, chaplaincy can only do a certain part, but for us who have an absolute faith in Christ, we know that Jesus comes to bring hope in the most hopeless of situations. So how does it make me feel? It makes me feel absolutely uh, torn on the inside, for want of a better word, because they've failed to get the, the opportunity to hear about someone who really loves them. And, uh, and no child should ever have that taken from them, that there is hope in Christ and yet never be told that or given the opportunity to do something about it. Greg, what's happening in New South Wales? We talk about special religious education and uh, some years ago in New South Wales was introduced the idea of ethics classes, an alternative to people who didn't want to have a religious focus in the learning uh, with that level of education. Uh, What is the situation in New South Wales? Are things good under this new regime or are things actually having a detrimental effect, do you think, in schools? Look, Neil, people will um, try to rule God out of many areas. But the truth of the situation is this, that look, there are over 90% of government primary schools and 80% of government high schools, uh, SRE is available to an average, and on an average about 70% of parents in those schools choose for their children to attend SRE. And to me, that's a tremendous thing. It's, to me, it's a big vote of confidence in, in SRE being in the schools. Um, I think with the safe schools and, and certain things that were trying to be implemented, uh, people saw very clearly and quickly that there are so many loopholes in uh, that system and it was uh, shut down pretty well by the, the government school systems until it was 
far better um, researched, for want of a better word. But from what I'm seeing on a, on a, on a local basis and on a statewide basis, as I say, over 70% of parents choose for their children to attend SRE because it gives them another whole sense of values and, um, and morality, a, based, uh, a unity and community-based morality. Greg Holder is our guest. He's chairman of the Clarence Valley SRE. We'll talk some more about special religious education and chaplaincy in just a short while and wanting to touch on a lot of those issues to do with hope because sometimes we say, what does SRE or religious instruction in our schools, what effect does it have on young people and the challenges they're facing? We'll talk about hope in just a short while. We're talking a little about hope for the next generation and the way that that hope is instilled in young lives while they're still at school. Greg Holder is our guest. He's chairman of the Clarence Valley Special Religious Education Board. Now, in New South Wales, they call religious instruction SRE, Special Religious Education. Uh, Greg is with us. Greg, when we talk about SRE and we connect hope in young lives. What is it you think happens when young people are exposed to religious education? I'm talking about Christian religious education in school. What is it that that seems to happen in a young life that gives them hope to be able to face some of the issues uh, with an expectation that they can have a good outcome? You know, you could turn that down into probably four main values that, that SRE bring to, uh, to the school curriculum, uh, Neil. First of all, it, uh, on the literacy stage alone, a major component of SRE is the study of, of the sacred literature of faith. By engaging deeply with these texts, students are encouraged in their literacy from a different perspective completely. So literacy is the first area where they work, and that's the value, one value of SRE. Two, it gives uh, the student a more, more open look at critical and creative thinking. Um, students in SRE examine the teachings of their chosen faith and are given the knowledge and critical skills to make informed decisions for themselves on matters of faith. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, SRE and chaplaincy is for all faiths. It's to, to make sure that everybody is given the opportunity. So critical and creative thinking is a vital part of that. And then there's the third point where we spoke about earlier in the interview where uh, people are not coping on a social level and so dealing on a personal and social capability level, SRE equips the students to understand and assess the influence of their chosen faith uh, that it has had on society. And SRE can also strengthen students' abilities to engage with their local faith communities as well. So that's the third thing I see. And I think probably you just mentioned before, ethical understanding. You know, faith-based ethical frameworks have contributed significantly to society and strongly inform uh, the ethics of individual members' thought processes by engaging critically with those chosen faiths. So a student's equipped to develop and challenge their eth- ethical frameworks. Um, it's a brilliant, brilliant model where our teachers are highly educated and trained. They work so closely with the principals and their teaching staff of the schools working within the curriculums and guidelines of our government schools. And just on those four points of literacy, uh, critical and uh, creative thinking, personal and social capability and ethical understanding, I think that speaks volumes into a young person's life when they're looking for answers and speaking about hope is what we're talking about today. We all know the value of those wonderful people that go into schools all around the nation and they take their own time, oftentimes volunteers, uh, to be a part of 
the classroom and to be able to share into the lives of those young people uh, those wonderful values and principles of the Christian faith. Now, when it comes to your context there in the Clarence Valley, around Grafton in New South Wales, is it a, a case that SRE teachers are all voluntary or what, is, what sort of costs are involved in keeping an SRE teacher in schools active and doing such a wonderful job? Uh, of course, the, the, uh, in, in the primary schools, uh, primary government schools, the teachers go in on a voluntary basis. They all have to have... Uh, clearances and, and have to be trained and educated. We have a, a strong uh, educational program for our teachers before they're even anywhere near the students and they work, as I say, with the principals and with the school staff. And, you know, 99% of them are so welcomed into the school because they bring such a lightness and a, and a freshness to the day-to-day running of the school. It's a little different in the secondary schools. The secondary schools, the, the teachers... Uh, can go in on a voluntary basis, but that's only on the short term. What we're working at, and, and what we do here actually in the Clarence Valley, we have two uh, two secondary schools. We have Grafton High and South Grafton High, and in both those schools we've got two full-time teachers, and, and they're fantastic teachers. They're loved by their staff and their students, and they're doing a brilliant job. But the costs involved with that, Neil, are just astronomical. For my board, our primary role every month is to come up with $10,135 a month to keep our two teachers uh, in the school system fully paid, fully trained, fully covered, and um, and as I say, but they are a real contributor to the school uh, curriculums and to the social makeup of the school. And so for us, for us doing that and for any other board that, that I might be speaking to out there, um, guys, we fully understand what you're going through because we've only got a limited amount of donors. It's all a faith-based ministry, and yet God in his faithfulness keeps turning up every month with our finances, and our, our teachers are able to be kept there. And as I say, for the last at least 19 years, there's never been a shortfall because God has provided for those teachers. So primary school, mainly voluntary, but secondary school, because the need is so much higher and they've got to be trained and equipped and have so many credentials that the, the, the students are actually getting qualified teachers who are looking after them. Of course, those that are chaplains in schools, and many of those under some level of government funding, which is just a fabulous thing, that doesn't mean that chaplains are not uh, heroes. They really are unsung heroes in our school system. They do such a wonderful job. Oftentimes it's the chaplain who's actually leading the religious instruction program or making a major contribution to that. The chaplains, are, are they involved in the SRE in New South Wales? Not to a, to a great degree, but mind you, we, we do, um, because of the close-knitness of, of the two, we, we're usually doing the interviews for those chaplains when the positions come available and the right person's got to be there. But, but you're right, they are the unsung heroes. The chaplains are the people that are on the coalface of um, you know, the, the issues that are happening at home, uh, at issues that are happening in the, in the school grounds, issues that are happening uh, with relationships uh, internal and external. They seem to be able to just meet that need in, in a, such a way where the, the trust and the, and the security of that person is, is paramount. And every chaplain that I see just, for me, gets a gold star because quite simply they are just, um, they're there on a, on a voluntary basis. Yes, there, there are other um, 
auspicing and subsidising groups with a bit of government funding, but it certainly doesn't cover the value of what these, these chaplains put into the schools. Well, if we set out in this conversation today, Greg, to raise the profile of chaplaincy, what goes hand in hand with that obviously is funding as well. You'd like to see more state or federal funding that comes for SRE teachers and for chaplaincy. What are your, if you're if you're dreaming about what you see for the future, what would you say is the ideal? You know, I think you know we we do rely on on the government funding it for for certain things, but. But you and I are men of faith, Neil, and um, I know that, that God has equipped people out in the community who love God and, and, and love his purposes. And, and we see that the next generation leaders being raised up in our schools, they need to be given every opportunity. I think that it's an opportunity for our communities to come on board and look after the young people coming through and giving them every opportunity to hear balanced and whole education and doctrine that will help them in their future lives to make right and whole decisions because at the moment we just see a lot of our society crumbling and decaying in so many areas that there's got to be a stability and a foundation and you and I know that Christ is the best foundation to build anything on. For me, my ideal would be to see our communities become more and more aware of the need to look after our children and yes, we need the government, but don't be wholly reliant on it, but to, to make sure that we've got the teachers going in there fully equipped, fully empowered, fully prepared to make a difference. And, and I suppose for me locally, when I'm working around the Clarence Valley, I'm just going to be trying to generate awareness for the community to jump on board with us and to partner with us in giving our students every opportunity uh, to know Christ and to have a, a better alternative than what's, what's been happening um, in recent times, and I don't need to go back and revisit that, but we believe that, that in Christ, hope, he is our hope, and that's where I see that is my perfect, with the community supporting a great initiative to empower our children for a better generation. And, of course, if we want our young people everywhere to live fruitful lives, making right choices, then those foundations that come in their earliest school years and throughout their primary and secondary schooling where hope is instilled into hearts, uh, that's going to be a major key to getting that fruitfulness for the future for young people here in Australia. It's just a great pleasure talking to Greg Holder and no doubt there'll be another opportunity on another day to talk some more about what happens with special religious education in schools, your own ideas uh, coming to the fore and uh, to be able to talk about those as an aspiration for what you want to see in your community. I just want to honour you, Greg, because in your own local community there in the Clarence Valley, uh, you're obviously a key leader and people will be inspired by the things that you're saying and uh, I want to thank you for what you do and no doubt we'll have an opportunity to tap your wisdom on this type of subject uh, some more into the future. Greg Holder, thanks so much for joining us on 2020. Neil, it's been a pleasure and I really appreciate the time you've given us. Look, uh, <laughs> no heroes down here, my friend. It's simply I've worked with a team of brilliant people who, um, who genuinely put in sacrificially week after week and, uh, you know, the, the real kudos goes to the people behind the scenes. Um, I've just been given the privilege to speak with you about this issue that's so close to our hearts. And for you and for Vision for giving us this opportunity, we're really thankful. And I will take you up on it. Hopefully we can speak again about uh, creating a greater cause of interest in, in SRE for our local communities. Greg, you're doing great work. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Neil. 
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.